The very first Manitoba Podcast Festival goes down International Podcast Day, Sunday, September 30th, 12 to 4 p.m. at the Park Theatre. Manitoba's podcast community gathers for an afternoon of networking, education, and so much more, featuring local podcast hosts, producers, radio personalities, taking part in panel discussions, and Q&As. Take part in this fantastic networking opportunity. You can like us on Facebook at Manitoba Podcast Festival. Tickets are just $5. The very first Manitoba Podcast Festival, Sunday, September 30th at the Park Theatre. You're listening to Garbage Hill, Winnipeg's first podcast network. Hello, welcome everybody to Creative Manitoba. Thanks for coming to Podcast for Artists, uh, first Friday's panel presented in partnership with the Manitoba Podcast Festival. And if you don't know, it's a new festival organized by a lot of our panelists here actually. And it's September 30th at the Park Theater. So be sure to check that out. Um, a couple announcements before we begin. We would like to begin by acknowledging that we are in Treaty 1 territory and that the land in which we gather is the traditional territory of Anishinaabe, Ininu, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples and the homeland of the Métis Nation. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we have a camera here. We're live streaming on Facebook right now. Um, so don't worry, only the panelists are in view. Um, but if you have a question, uh, just raise your hand and we'll bring the mic to you or you can ask it and then we'll just repeat the question so that the viewers know what you asked. And then for those who are online, um, ask questions in the comments and we'll try to get to them at the end of the panel. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic, or nope, he has his own mic. Uh, our moderator today is Sam Thompson from Witch Police Radio and I'll let everybody introduce themselves. Thank you. Cool, well, thank, is this, uh, am I on? Yeah, you guys can hear me? Cool, um, yeah, thanks, thanks for coming. This is awesome, I've done uh, some live podcasts before but uh, this, the turnout is usually pretty dismal, so this, this is nice to see <laughs> that people are actually here. Um, for people who don't know who I am, I host a podcast called Witch Police Radio. It's um, a weekly, uh, twice a week podcast where I interview local musicians. I've been doing it for about six years now, and I've talked to you know, 300 and some local artists uh, from all different genres of music. And so the topic of the conversation today with all the panelists here, I have my own opinions on it um, because I've spoken to so many artists doing my own show, but each one of these people here has a very... Um, different type of show that they work on. So I think we can get some pretty cool um, just attitudes and opinions towards how podcasting can, can help benefit artists. So I think we should just go down the table here, or the, the line of chairs, and if everyone can introduce themselves and uh, say a little bit about what their show is about and what they do, we'll uh, get started. Hello. Hey. You are way louder Whoa. than me. Whoa. Somebody turned Sam up. Turn Sam up in the headphones. My name is Stefan Richard. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Hey. My name is Stephen Richard. I host the Eversick Podcast. I also host the Digital Drum Podcast for APTN, and I'm also the afternoon host on NCIFM, which is 105.5 in Winnipeg and across the province. 
Hi, my name is Stephanie Cram, and I work for CBC for the radio show Unreserved, but it also has a podcasting component. Um, yeah, that show is focused on Indigenous culture, community, and conversation. Uh, we've been on the air for, I think this is the fifth year now, hosted by Rosanna Deerchild. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I'm Cameron Kinnereth, and I, I guess I host Gay Lunch Podcast. No, I know I host. <laughs> I know I host Gay Lunch Podcast. And uh, we talk to marginalized communities within the gay community in Winnipeg. And I travel, get the chance to travel quite a bit and talk to people in different cities. And um, I also host Queer Comedy at Club 200. And, um, and yeah, that's me. I'm Madeline Bird, and I am the host and co-producer of the Soul Unexpected podcast. We just actually launched, launched our fourth season on Wednesday, uh, and Soul Unexpected is a raw and edgy interview series. We talk about everything from sex, relationships, politics, all the good stuff that makes us human. Uh, I'm also a radio host for NCI with uh, Stefan over here. <laughs> um, I've also, I host uh, Friends on Friday, where I'm supposed to be today, but I'm here with y'all. <laughs> and I uh, also host the Indigenous Music Countdown. I write and host for the Indigenous Music Countdown. Probably really, it's one I love IMC. I really, really love IMC. I love getting to know all the uh, the artist, um, I had no idea that there was such amazing Indigenous talent until I started this show. So uh, that's me. Cool. Uh, well, now, now I got volume. This is, uh, this is a little better. Um, so yeah, like, like I said, there's obviously a pretty diverse range of shows that people work on here. So I think we can get some, some interesting viewpoints. Um, and I guess there's also sort of two elements of what we're talking about today. Uh, the first being how podcasting can help creative people and artists sort of further their own goals in terms of starting their own podcast or uh, and things like that and also how artists can use being a guest on a podcast as a way to sort of further their own careers and, and, and use it to open new doors and new opportunities. So uh, on the first point, I think because he's sitting next to me, I'm going to start with Stefan. And you are someone who started basically a basement podcast where you were interviewing your friends, interviewing interesting people, and you sort of turned that into a radio career. Uh, the, you know, you're you're an actual radio uh, voice now, right? So, I mean, how did how did you go from that from one basement podcaster interviewing friends about wrestling or whatever to to this? I mean, what was the kind of the procedure to to get to that point? So, um, I started the Ever Sick podcast, which is my podcast. Ever Sick is kind of like a slang term in the indigenous community, just like Ever Sick, calm down. So, and I wanted to have like a really unique take on presenting indigenous stories and indigenous people and I wanted to celebrate the successes of our own people in our own community and it's not indigenous exclusive but that was I guess because if I'm on it um, I'm from the Saguin First Nation I guess that makes every episode indigenous so <laughs> when I started doing these these podcasts with a number of different guests like wrestlers I used to be a pro wrestler for uh, 13 years and then once I got out of wrestling and I had not no creative uh, outlet and I got into this, um, and like I mentioned, doing the indigenous-focused stuff, it started getting around the community to different people in different places, and then eventually people started reaching out and saying, hey, I really like your podcast, hey, can I be on your podcast? And then I chose to interview the people at Digital Drum, which is the APTN's um, online music service. And when I interviewed them about what they do and who they profile, they said, hey, um, 
could you do our podcast? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought like, hey, maybe I'll interview like one or two people and try it out and see how it goes. And then they came out with me with a money figure and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and then I, it grew from there and then eventually from that and uh, Digital Drum has a, has a national reach because it's on a national television network or it's tied to a national television network, sorry, that when the first scene was, was over, um, had a lot more exposure, and it just kind of dominated from there. And then eventually I got on at uh, NCI. It was originally supposed to be a four-day tryout kind of thing. It was like, hey, can you fill in for four days? And then it's like, well, come back next week. Can come back next week. And then now here I am five months later. Right on. That's awesome. Um, I think that that kind of is maybe a question for everyone here, is that I think a lot of people have the idea when they start a podcast that... They, they see examples of people who have succeeded, um, and a lot of the time it's a celebrity or something who have a podcast and they'll have millions of listeners right away. And they try it, and they try it for three episodes, and they get two listeners, and then they just they just scrap the idea. So I think that you're a good example of someone who has actually turned podcasting into a career in a roundabout way. I mean, it sounds like you kind of were fortunate enough to the right place at the right time in a few cases, but it's it's cool to to see that because I think there's a, definitely a, a preconceived notion that podcasting is not going to make you any money and not going to actually get you anything other than talking to your friends in your basement, right? Yeah. So I, I guess for the rest of you, um, like, do you think that podcasting at this point in time, now that it's become more of a more of a thing that people know about, do you, do you think it's a viable way, a career option for, for people who want to start their own shows? That for any for anyone here, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it's opened lots of doors for me, not just uh, not just in radio. I've had the opportunity to be featured on Huffington Post like a tourist. So lots of very interesting opportunities have manifested out of out of this. And I'm like Stefan. We uh, started in the Coach B Studios, <laughs> Roger's basement. <laughs> um, <clears throat> And yeah, it's it's really about being consistent. I think consistency is, sure. is huge. And um, you know, a lot of people say to me, "Oh, how did you get this person on? How did you get that person on?" It, you just ask, and if people see that you are you take this serious and you love what you do, they will take time out for you. For sure, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's that's a good point too. I think that uh, a lot of people kind of on the same line of what I was saying before, they see all these celebrities with podcasts and they see them all having celebrity guests and think, well, I can't do this because I don't know, you know, this famous person, I have my friend who, you know, is a wrestler or whatever, you know, and they think that no one's going to listen to this. But yeah, I think that is a good point that you just need to sort of ask and most of the time someone's happy to, to hear what you have to say and, and share their story, I think. That wasn't really a question, but... Um, so, I, I guess, I mean, we'll, we'll go over here, too. I mean, you, being with CBC, your role is a little bit different than, than the rest of us here who are a little more DIY as far as podcasting is concerned. But how has podcasting sort of been received at, at CBC? Because I've noticed a lot of more CBC shows being available in podcast form. Is it something that's kind of embraced there, or...? Yeah, it's, it, it feels like there's a slow movement towards podcasting at this point. They, um, they're almost like a bit of catching up, I'd say. I've, I'm a huge podcast fan, and I have been for years and years and years, and it just seems like now there is more of a focus on it. Um, and it's figuring out how we can, we can make podcasting something separate, especially in our show right now. Um, our, podcasting is, our podcast is only slightly different. We take the songs out because we don't have license to do right. that and then just pop it up. 
So there is an interest in trying to make it something unique and include content that maybe people don't hear on the radio. Um, but yeah, but again, it, it takes time and, and we're kind of just scrambling to try and figure out how to make it something different. But there is definitely more of a focus right now in CBC and they, they, are, they do want to train more people and get them working in podcasting as much as possible, it seems. So, okay. yeah. do, do you think there's a, a wide understanding among listeners of the difference between radio and podcasting? Um, perhaps, I think that there's a lot of confusion about what podcasting is, because sure. I, I know we've even released videos of explaining how to download a podcast onto a phone, because a lot of our listeners are in an older demographic, so a lot of them don't know how to even access for sure, yeah. this material. So I think it's a big learning curve, unfortunately, for a lot of our audience, but hopefully we'll get there and they'll be more and more interested in the podcasts. And, and a lot of the... A lot of the times, the, the podcasts do end up on radio in some capacity, so that's that's promising that we're we're not missing out on that demographic. Yeah, there's a bit of a, a back and forth with a lot of shows. I think. I mean, my show airs on UMFM as well yeah. as being primarily a podcast, and I think there's a lot of people doing things like that where they will either do a show for whether it's a campus radio station or a more professional radio station, and then it will also be released in podcast form or vice versa. So, okay. it's it's cool to see CBC embracing that too because there's a lot of shows that I listen to on CBC radio that now I can listen to whenever, right? Which is, exactly. which is kind of nice. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. And obviously one more person we haven't talked to yet. <laughs> sorry to, sorry to leave you last, but, um, I mean, no, like, uh, my reach has been, like, I start, like I started off in the basement too, talking to friends and this and that, but because I guess I use Google AdWords and I put, put in the words gay Muslim. Now my reach is global. Oh, cool. Like I see, I see people listening from Bangladesh and from the Ukraine and from Sri Lanka. And I guess something's going on in Singapore where like people are talking about it and they're getting on there. And my, my reach has been, been pretty good so far locally. Locally and globally, globally is like half and half. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. So and um, like the opportunities that are coming my way, like I'm getting speaking engagements. I think I'm a comedian, so I do. <laughs> I, so I've been getting some, uh, you know, because I have a podcast, I have a platform. Comedians come onto here. I got uh, a couple of RuPaul's Drag Race girls onto my show too. Cool. So you know, it's it. You just, like she said, you gotta add you when you want to ask, you ask, and then the opportunities come to you. That's interesting too, the global versus local thing, because I think it's also easy to think that, if you're especially if you're talking to local people on your show, that you're assuming that the audience is just going to be, you know, within Winnipeg or within a specific community in Winnipeg. I mean, I think all of our shows here sort of focus on kind of niche uh, elements of, of the city and of the wider world, and I think it's yeah, it's very easy to think, oh, it's just going to be these guys down the street checking out my show. But yeah, the fact that you can put it online and it's open to anyone, that's and that's a huge step for uh, for guests on your podcast too, because they're exposed to a much larger audience than than they might think just going into your basement and and talking to you, right? So, yeah, it's it's, it's very cool, very cool to see to see those kind of stats happening and, and realizing that people are outside of your backyard or are listening to your show. So, um, this is maybe a question for anyone on the panel. Um, as far as as actually booking guests on your show, I mean, I know I know Adeline, you said that you know, you basically just ask and and they'll either come on or not, but. Um, what do you look for, I guess, in a podcast guest? Because I think a lot of people would love to be on a podcast, but they don't necessarily know, should they be reaching out to you? Should they, how do they do that? How do they get noticed, I guess, by, uh, and depending on what they do, it could be any one of these podcasts or any other, but is there something you look for as hosts or producers in a guest that will kind of make them stand out? Well, I, uh, I usually plan my, my podcast, my seasons, um, beforehand before I launch the season usually I kind of I kind of pick my guests based on my my life experiences 
So like this week I launched, I, I interviewed all my, my classmates that I went to film school with oh, cool. at, at NSI. Um, and so it's, it, it's, I'm kind of telling stories on, uh, on my life through my guests, I guess you can say. Um, so anything that I'm, I'm, I'm sort of enlightened by. So if I'm like really excited about food one week, I'll do something about food. Or uh, if I meet, uh, last season I, I got to meet uh, Reese Reese Malone, uh, who's a sex therapist. And the moment I met him, I was like, I need, I need to have you on my podcast. Like it just, sometimes things just, I just feel inspired in that moment. Um, and then other times I, I plan things out. But it, it, for me, it really depends. It's if I meet somebody who I find just super interesting, I'm like, hey, come on my podcast. Here's what we're going to talk about. Right, regardless, I guess, of who they are or what they do, just they, yeah, they, they the appeal to you for some reason. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, what are the rest of you? Do you uh, is there a process for finding guests that you? Um, well, for our show, it's we really need the personal story. So we always say there it has to be it has to have a character and an action and an intent. So it's a person doing something for a reason is what we look for. So um, we have big names, but we also have people that no one's ever heard of, and it's because their story is really compelling and it's something that our audience can perhaps relate to. So for us, it's, it's, we do a lot of research into our guests. We make sure that they have a compelling story. And um, sometimes it takes a while to get it out of them. So you have an artist doing some project, and then you interview them, and then you find this one nugget, like, this is what we're going with. This is what you don't know that this is the most interesting thing about your story, but we'll make it that, because that is, that's what people want to hear. I think so, that goes the same for any kind of journalism, yeah. too. You're looking for the, the interesting angle that's going to exactly. pull in readers or viewers or, or listeners. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and so it is a process, and, and, it, you know, and then obviously we have to consider other things. Are they a good talker? Can they string a sentence together? But uh, other than that, we're just trying to find a really strong story, and it can be anyone. I think some people don't even understand the power of their own personal story. They just kind of neglect it and say, well, you know, my life is whatever. But everyone has a story to tell, and it's just figuring out the angle and how to tell it. For, that's a good. That's a good way to describe it. I think. I think, yeah. regardless of, of genre or, or theme of a podcast, that is what everyone's looking for. Radio, podcasting, really anything, any any way to tell someone's story. Yeah. You want to find, yeah, what what it is that makes them stand out. For sure. Yeah. That, no, that's cool. I think as a as a host, I found I've only been doing it for a year. But as a host, the more like artists have stories. Let's not lie. Like we wouldn't be doing what we do if we didn't have stories, right? And um, as hosts, we have to sort of like like she said, extract them out of them. Because sometimes you can have someone who's a bit of an introvert on the show, and then you make their you make them the star for that half hour, that forty five minutes or whatever. And um, as soon as you hear something that you know like a nugget, then you ask more. You probe into you know how that make you feel. And for what something that I do. Uh, with with my guests is um, I would ask people to come on like who are artists but they would have to be like I'm very because I want to hear my my voice and voices that aren't heard on the general radio especially when it comes to queer voices and uh, I would get them on and I would you know ask them questions and most of the time they are artists and they have something to to promote and I just want to hear their story how they got there and what they're going to do and no, that's that's cool. I think um, I think uh, of the panel here. I'm I, my my stories are always heard. You know, being being a white guy, I think that like I, I'm the odd my odd one out here. Um, do you think that uh, it's very cool? We have such a diverse panel too. Do you think that um, part of the reason behind any of you getting into podcasting was to get that voice heard? That wasn't maybe necessarily. I um, 
<laughs> Sorry, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, actually I used I had a, a web series called Style and Soul, and was that was that Roger 2015? 20 yeah 2015 uh and then i went to washington for the million man march and i was only there for a weekend and that completely changed my life everything that i you know or not everything but a lot of the things that i you know read on the internet you know seen on youtube was was actually like right in my face the stories that i was i heard that weekend was just incredible and roger was saying to me let's do podcasts let's do podcasts and i was like no no came back from washington and was like yeah let's do that let's make sure that we in this time around that we are implementing conversations around social justice making sure that we are highlighting bipoc people and, and really switching that narrative, that was one of the many, many inspirations behind Soul Unexpected was changing that narrative, being able to share our stories, being able to show us in a light that isn't in, in the stereotypes, you know, that we are musicians, we are creatives, we're, you know, law students, we're therapists, we're all, we live normal lives like everybody else. So I try, I, I for my, my podcast i try to i try to have those conversations with my guests those hard conversations but keeping it about uh about those about personal development we we persevere through you know as as black and indigenous people of color we have to persevere through a lot of things even if we are living successful lives so i wanted to make sure to highlight those particular stories yeah so like the whole my own voice See, like, on my podcast, I tell stories like me and my cousin getting drunk and falling in a ditch. So, like, <laughs> these people are professional, and I'm just a guy with a recorder in a basement that just found some luck somewhere. So, when, uh, to answer your question, to hear my own voice, yes, I want to hear more idiots like me talk about <laughs> stupid things. Yes, I do. And, like, I come from uh, mixed parents. My mom is Métis, my dad is First Nation. So, when I, I don't hear kids who are mixed as often as I would like, you know, being able to share a, a multi-biracial experience. Like Adeline talked about it, I've, I've talked about it, and I've heard of a few. But going back to an earlier question, when it, talking about the guests, um, I didn't throw my two cents in on that, but um, <laughs> I, uh, Roger, who's the guy holding the phone up back there, is actually one of the organizers of the Manitoba Podcast Fest as well. And uh, <laughs> Hi, Roger. Hi, Roger. So Roger, Sam, and myself are actually putting together the festival, and uh, we did an episode together where it would be That's like, right. yeah, I, I interviewed him on my podcast, and I was just I literally just asked him, like, Sam, you want to come down on Sunday? He's like, yeah, I'll be there on Sunday. And then from that, it grew into something like, we should do something together further than this, and then which led to the Manitoba Podcast Festival, which led to uh, Create a Manitoba bringing us here for this. So... From a small, tiny Sam, what are you doing on Sunday? Yeah, it was just some random guy on the internet you contacted because you'd heard my show, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now there's 50 people in a room and we're being streamed on the internet. And they actually care what we have to say. <laughs> exactly. So to find a guest, and uh, maybe on a bigger scale, um, one morning uh, I was at school, I was going to school, and Roger said, hey, uh, Reggie Leach is in town. He's an NHL player from the 70s. You want a Stanley Cup? And uh, he was in town, and Roger said, if I can get Reggie Leach here, will you leave school and come do an interview? 
I said, yeah. He messaged me at like 9 a.m. He's like, messaged me 10 minutes later. He's going to be here at 10. So I drove across the city from school. I got there. I did an hour-long interview and a funny story. We, we hit the record button, but we turned on the wrong mic, and his wasn't recording. Aww. So we <laughs> – podcasting, rookie error, anybody. Make sure yeah, your mics sure. are working. The, so when we did this, we, Roger stopped him in the middle of a really cool story about his mom, and Reggie Leach is sitting there with his Stanley Cup ring on his finger, clenching. His knuckles are white, and I'm thinking, Roger's going to have a Philadelphia Flyers logo on his forehead. <laughs> So instead, we just stopped, and Roger was like, hey, uh, sorry, can we just restart? So we did, and he was totally cool about it, but from a small little text at 9 a.m. on a Monday morning to Sam, what are you doing on Sunday, to this room being filled, to September 30th, the Manitoba Podcast Festival, people, I think people overlook the fact that it's the small little things that matter. It's not, I need to book the MTS Center for a big event. That doesn't happen so smoothly. It's just, again... The point, Sam, what are you doing on Sunday? Let's get together. Yeah. From that, little things, little things, little things, eventually everybody's here. Well, and the fact that you got Reggie Leach, I'm still jealous that you did that, by the way. But <laughs> the fact that, yeah, Roger, Roger should be here. Everyone keeps talking about him. But um, <laughs> the fact that you got Reggie Leach, so that opens you up to a whole bunch of people who may not have heard your show before, but they know him, and they, they want to check out the podcast for that reason. I, I did the same thing. I had Fred Penner on my show. And uh, the exact same thing happened. I, I went down to UMFM to record it in their studio so I wouldn't screw it up. But then they screwed it up. And my microphone was not picking up at all. So I got the recording of Fred talking and singing and everything. And you can barely hear me. But uh, I, I, it worked. I, I fixed it. <laughs> but yeah, like that, and that, that show turned on a lot of other people to my podcast who maybe would never have heard whatever punk band I interviewed the week before. But they know Fred Penner. And then they look at the archives. And there might be some other music they're interested in. And then it benefits not only me getting new listeners, but also the artists who have been on the show because having that one big name draws people from all over. I mean, like you were saying, people from countries you probably never would have even thought. Are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. So I guess um, just to stick on the guests uh, for, for a minute, um, what, what do you think is the best? Like, how do you – I know we sort of touched on how you find your guests, but do you find that you've reached a point where the guests are coming to you and you have to sort of filter who who is – I don't want to say worth being on the show because everyone has a story, but who is kind of the ideal person you want to talk to? No. That hasn't happened? No. No. Well, to a point, yes. But like we were talking about the imposter syndrome of like, am I worthy? Do I belong? People think that podcasting is like a realm above them in some cases. So they don't, in my case, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but they don't approach me as much as I thought they would. Well, what about the rest of you? Do you, do you, are you having, yeah? No, I get, I get people coming to ask, and I haven't, I'm on a bit of a break right now, just got a new job, whatever, and I've, and people are coming to me when they see me. Um, I've, I don't want to be like, I'm a living brand, but like when I go out <laughs> into, into gay communities and this and that, I do mention, I do do a show, and they're oh, you do a show, I will, you know, let's get our voices out there. And back to the question about my, wanting your voice out there is, um, like I'm a gay Muslim and we there's nothing nothing in the media other than that negativity and then my motivation to do my podcast was after the Pulse shootings yeah. and then like a Muslim guy is killing gays and I'm like oh my god I'm intersectionality dream right no it was a nightmare it was a nightmare and um, and so I, so I decided to, to put my voice out there and then sure enough um, gay Muslims around the world are listening and uh, and when I tell people I, I do a show the you know, they're, they're really interested in wanting to get their stories out there, yeah. which is inspiring to me because they, they, you know, one of the biggest themes in my show is all like, is which I notice after listening to a few is 
what does it feel like to be um, unnoticed, you know? And that's, these are what the stories that we get, and yeah. I think your show's a great example of, of a show that, uh, where, where you have, you've had a guest on that really can open doors to people who are not in your core audience. Because I, I had heard of your show, but I thought, I'm not, I'm not in the gay community. I don't know if this is going to be relevant to me. I have so many other podcasts I'm listening to, I'm going to leave this till some other time. But then I saw you had um, Sulin from Propaganda on your show. And you know, I host a music show. I'm interested in hearing musicians. And well, wasn't that a great show? It was a great episode. Yeah, really so, good. So I was I, surprised. So that basically opened the door for me to listen to a show that maybe I wouldn't have thought was relevant to me, right? right. But, and just having the right guests can do that, I think. It can, it can open it to a much, much wider audience. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, did you, did you look like you had something to say yeah, about the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, yeah, even, uh, uh, well, CBC, we, obviously, we get a lot of pitches constantly, press releases, but I would say even on our show, which has some, I guess, attention, uh, nationally, we, most of our interviews, I would say, huh, I would say over 50% of our interviews is us chasing them. Okay. So we still, we still get approached by people, and I think having a name, it's easier to get into the door, but at the same time, um, because we're looking for the strong personal story. We're looking for the storytellers. It's not often obvious, and some, sometimes the bigger names don't really work. Sometimes the press releases outlining um, an artist's work doesn't really work for our show. So we need something more, a bit more, bit more meat to it. Okay. So I'd say mostly we are, we're doing the chasing ourselves and, and not being approached. Does, yeah. does being with CBC um, in any way prevent you from finding some of the stories? Uh, I mean, because the podcast is such a Wild West sort of thing right now where you can, yeah. s a lot of people's podcasts, you can say literally anything you want and, and yeah. get away with it, right? But yeah. I mean, obviously with CBC, you have standards and, and, and sure. regulations. Like, does, has that ever come into effect where if you were doing your own podcast separate from, from the CBC, you could have maybe pursued something? Yeah, I would say uh, the big thing for our show is because we are an indigenous show, we do deal with a lot of um, hot political topics and it's very hard to find a balance because we do typically, because we're still, we still fall under journalistic standards, we have yeah. to find a balance. So it's sometimes difficult for us to figure out how to have an activist on our show, even though we want to, even though it makes sense for our show because this is what everyone is talking about in the community, it, it kind of makes it hard. So we have to figure out a way. We always, we usually do, um, but I, I'd say it doesn't really prevent us, but we just have to figure out a different angle of how to approach it. So we can't have somebody going on the radio talking about their political views and yeah. <laughs> potentially offending the entire right. listenership. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we have to figure out a way around it, but uh, there's always a way. Well, yeah. the, the journalistic element of it is, is interesting because I think a lot of podcasters and people who want to do interview shows are under the impression that they need to have a journalistic background. I worked as a, a print reporter for a long time, and I'm going back into journalism in a couple of weeks uh, as, a, as a career. Um, but I think a lot of people just they, ha they have no background whatsoever and they, I think it's maybe often seen as a, as a barrier to entry because how do you interview someone what equipment do you use how do you know how to you know, how do you know how to find someone to be on your show like uh, for the rest of you who aren't the CBC or maybe don't have the same the same backgrounds like how did you did you have any struggles at the beginning on sort of figuring out how to do this how to actually ask questions and, and interview guests and Oh, a hundred percent. I started from the ground up. I started from zero. I was just inspired to, just to get my voice out there. And, you know, like you were talking about finding the right equipment and you just have to, if you want to do it, just do it. There's nothing really stopping you. All the technology is out there and um, getting your podcast actually online is free. 
So that doesn't cost you anything. And if you record off your phone, that's another thing. But if you want a good quality sound, just go out and buy buy equipment, rent equipment, borrow equipment, and um, and, and get yourself out there. You know, I I was I wanted to invest in myself a little bit, so I got better equipment and uh, and paid for a website domain. But other than that, it's free, so it's it's accessible to anybody to put out there. Um, I think that is that's all <laughs> that's all like real but also one thing that I <laughs> no that's real uh, but one thing I I struggled with is like the is the imposter syndrome like who do you think you are you're not educated in this you don't know what you're doing there's so many times where I was like yeah you want to have your voice heard but what if people, you know, this all the things that we go that we think as 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 humans. What are people going to think? What are people going to say? What if people come for me, which they do anyways? Um, and you know, having to to work through those things has been has been one of the the probably the best things for me because I had to really own who I am, own who I am, own what it is that I, the the message that I want to put out into the world, uh, and and. I wrote a book called Be Unapologetically You and be exactly that, be unapologetic about the work that you are that you are doing. So that's one, one thing that I struggled with is, am I even worthy of doing this? Who do you think you are, Adeline? Like all of that. And that's something that uh, through podcasting you have the opportunity to, to do. Did your book come about after you'd been doing the podcast for a while or was that before? Uh, actually, yes, yes. Uh, I wrote Be Unapologetically You uh, because of, and, and I talk about this in the book, because of all the stuff that I was seeing on social media. Uh, there in 2000, uh, probably 14, 15, 16 until now, uh, constantly going on my social media, seeing another black man being shot or black woman being shot, uh, another missing um, missing and murdered indigenous man or woman, child. Like it was a con, I was constantly being bar bombarded with this negativity. And so I thought, well, what is the one thing that has saved my life? And that was self-love. So I, in my book, I share ways to, you know, love yourself, the things I've gone through, questions I've asked myself, so, yeah. And, and you're, I mean, do you think you ever would have done that book if you hadn't done the podcast first? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, because, it, like I said, it, it takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of confidence to to share your story, to share your narrative. And just, and, and being an Afro-Indigenous woman, you know, this this world tells me a lot of things about who I am that aren't too nice. So if you know, and and I I grew up thinking those things and believing those things, so I really, it, it my mission, my mission. I always tell people I do this for the generation coming behind me. I mean that. I mean that. I want uh, BIPOC kids, all, all youth, to own their voice and and be unapologetic about it. Cool. So I like how you threw the, the name of the book. <laughs> Very good. Um, and you could probably buy it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
I, I think everyone here has kind of been involved in this um, hobby or business or whatever you want to call it for, for different amounts of time. But have, have you seen, uh, this is a question for anyone on the panel here, have, have you seen the community locally in terms of just maybe the number of podcasts or the variety of podcasts coming out of Winnipeg, have you seen it grow over the time you've been doing this? Have you seen kind of more interest from people in general in creating their own podcasts? Yeah. And the, what I think of is um, before I discovered podcasts, I would listen to, I don't know if they still have it, but on iTunes, they had iTunes U, and it was a series of lectures from different universities. So I'd pick a, yeah. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so I would listen to those, and I would listen to a lecture from Duke University about African-American studies or whatever it is, just to learn a little bit. And then I discovered what podcasting was. This is probably like maybe 2006, seven, eight-ish. Um, and like I had that imposter syndrome, and I was still wrestling. I was... Um, I was wrestling in Winnipeg and I was wrestling in other provinces and US and eventually went to Japan. And then when I stopped wrestling and I had no creative outlet, I knew that um, Garbage Hill, the Garbage Hill Podcast Network was a big thing. Yeah. And they had a whole umbrella of, of shows that they would present, all in different kind of like unique takes, like your show was, on, was there. on there. Yeah. Uh, what was Devin's show called? Couch Surfing. Couch Surfing, where it was just two dudes on a couch just hanging out with somebody. And I would listen to these things, like Red River Ransom and whatnot, and I listened to these things, and I thought, like, that imposter syndrome, like, oh, who am I? You know, like, these guys have their shit together. They know what they're doing. Can I swear? Well, you just, you just did, so I think it doesn't, doesn't matter at this point. I don't know. I work in radio, so I can, like, push the delay button and just slow <laughs> things down. But... But everyone, everyone in that group of people you're talking about, like none of us had our shit together. <laughs> exactly, yeah, and that's what, I think that's what people think is like, you know, everybody's got their shit together and they've got a brand and they got a machine behind them, but they really don't. No. And when I started mine, um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> have I seen it grow? Yes, I have yes, seen it grow from right? Garbage Hill to uh, Garbage Hill. Eventually, I don't want to say going away, but really going away, and then only being a couple shows left, and then me, Adeline, and Roger started our podcast. I think. Me and Adeline started, I think, the same week, maybe. And then uh, Roger started his maybe a month later. And then the three of us turned into, you know, a community with you and then growing with someone else and then finding out that there's other podcasts that have started, like, uh, what are some of the ones you listen to, like Paper Cut? Paper Cut's really good, Paper yeah. Cuts, there's, yeah. A, there's a bunch of them, a bunch of true crime ones that started Pub in Winnipeg. Chat. Pub Chat's great, yeah. Exactly. So you, you see all these Winnipeg podcasts and, you know, it went from Garbage Hill and then it kind of went down and now it's coming back up again. Yeah, that's. Uh, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> I never knew that. Well, what was your, I guess, experience with local podcasts? Did you? Know I never even it? had one, and uh, just us three. <laughs> I never so, until I until I uh, until I came across you, yeah. and then until I met Camer. So I I didn't even know that there was a a local podcast movement movement happening here. <laughs> Did you think you were just kind of in a void, the three of you? And I thought I thought yeah. we were onto something new. <laughs> And for me, I'm just brand new into this, so I like I woke up to my podcast. I'm like, there's so many in Winnipeg. Yeah, there's so many now. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So obviously, I mean, some of the stuff we're talking about, people are are finding ways to do it on their own. You know, whether whether it's just picking up a microphone and going, or trying to you know renting equipment, like you were saying, and then getting more professional about it. But there seems to be a lot more interest anyway right now. And look at the size of the room here, uh, in people just wanting to know about podcasts and, and about podcasting. And I think I think that's great. I mean, a lot of the shows I've heard in Winnipeg, some of them I love, some of them. I could care less for, but that doesn't matter, right? Because it's like, it's not all for me. And like we're all talking here, everyone here has a very distinct audience and a very kind of niche uh, subject matter. And a lot of that isn't going to apply to me or isn't going to apply to you or are you. And so it's it's cool to see. I'm very happy to see any podcast, uh, whatever the, the topic is. Um, 
And I had a follow-up question. But yeah, I got a follow-up question for, for you. This is me podcasting taking over. Um, <laughs> so CBC, what's CBC's uh, feel on the ground level of like podcasts like the three of us and, and Sam and, and Roger and the rest of maybe there are other podcasters here? Oh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> what, do, you, do you mean like are we, are we uh, encroaching on their territory? <laughs> To some people who are listening to the Facebook stream, yeah. maybe more so like the CBC have an understanding that there's like this whole underneath bed of like do-it-yourself podcasts and possibly do they see it as a resource or as like a detriment? Uh, I think they're definitely open for it now. Uh, they've, there is, they're starting a creators, creator network, I believe is what it's called. And there is somebody here working for that. It's mostly, it's more YouTube and um short series on YouTube, but they are interested in creating content in a different way that's consumed online primarily. Um, so yeah, they're de I've, I think that they're very open, and honestly, the door is always open uh, to pitching podcasts. I know it seems kind of daunting, but there is a pitch page on CBC. I have no idea where to find it, but it's somewhere on there, and you're able to pitch a podcast idea if you have one. Um, yeah, and so it, it's definitely open to anyone, and I think some some ways that CBC have found people is, is kind of surprising, so I'd say definitely if you have something that you want to pitch to them, go for it. Actually, if you can find it, <laughs> put it out somewhere. No, because I, I tried to click on it, and it's a dead link. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. so let me know. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> I'll figure it out. It, it, you know, everyone was talking about the imposter syndrome earlier. I've actually been to that pitch page yeah. a few times over the years and wanted to click it, but they, no, no, no one wants to hear yeah. what I have to talk about. So I think there might be, uh, especially for people who are doing a DIY, like the basement-type podcast, there might be a bit of a barrier thinking, oh, well, this is a professional sure. journalistic endeavor. I don't yeah. know if I can... You know, I, I don't know if I can break through to yeah. that. So, like, what would be your advice, I guess, for someone who who has a really good idea and maybe not the experience or the yeah. technical training? Um, I'd say just just trust in your abilities. If you've been doing podcasting by yourself, then you definitely have skills that are applicable to a radio show. It's not, it's not in really any different. It's just the ability to edit audio. If you have figured out how to mix different audio clips, then you're good to go. So I think it's just a matter of applying for things. There are lots of entry-level positions at CBC, and uh, especially the Bureau here, they're very open to uh, getting people who come from the community and training them and getting them going, uh, which has happened quite a bit. Uh, I was brought on as an intern. I used to work for a small organization called Journalists for Human Rights, and I lived in a small reserve in Northern Ontario, and I just applied for this internship, and I got in. That's how I got in. So uh, I, I think that it's definitely open to people, and just trust your skills, because you'd be surprised at how, if you hear the origin story about how a lot of people got started, I'd say a huge chunk of CBCers are not trained in journalism. Um, they're, they come from a, a background in knowledge on their community, and that's why they were hired. So there's a lot of different reasons why people will be hired by the CBC, and it's not just having the skills and not just having the education, because, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rarity. I do have a journalism degree, but most of my colleagues do not, so... Well, yeah. yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what my experience has been with podcasts, too. I mean, I, I went to journalism school as well, yeah. and most people I know who are doing shows, they, they have none of that, and some yep. of their shows are a bunch better than mine, so for sure. yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. don't, you don't need it, right? It's not, it's not essential, yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Um, I, I think maybe uh, a good thing to talk about uh, now would be the, we've mentioned it a few times, but the Manitoba Podcast Festival. Uh, part of the reason, like we said, Stefan and Roger back there again, and I um, 
sort of organized it in the first place is because we want people to come out and learn how to do this. Um, I think kind of a, a common feeling from everyone here has been like the, that we encourage people, everyone sort of who does this wants to see other people doing it and wants to see other people taking the, the chance and the uh, opportunity to make their voice heard, whatever it is. If they want to do a podcast about, you know, some obscure horror movie and every episode, that, go, go ahead. If you want to do a podcast about, you know, anything, right? So the reason we kind of started the, um, the festival is, is because we noticed a community growing here and we want people to show up and ask questions. We're having uh, three or four panel discussions very similar to this at the Park Theatre. And the idea is for people to come out and, and talk to us. We know we'll talk amongst ourselves, I guess, but uh, come out and kind of give their opinions and their questions of how they can get started. And, and none of us, you know, are necessarily experts, but we've just been doing it. And for whatever reason, people have listened. <laughs> we've, we've, we've generated an audience. So I don't know if, if, if you want to say anything about this, um, Stephanie, but. About the podcast festival yeah, specifically, yeah. so or I guess the the reasons why you think it's important that we're doing this, right? So I think one of the important things is um, getting people together and networking, just like we are today. Simply because, uh, w like we've referenced a few times, we Adeline and Roger, Adeline didn't even know there was other podcasts around. So the fact that this is happening and you know we're putting together the festival is really important, and I. I I think I don't want people to get the wrong idea that it's just going to be like a series of shows and like each show is going to have an hour and you can come and watch and interact. That's part of it um, because we our plan is to record each panel and then eventually release it so you know it's kind of like an online resource for people but the the afternoon is going to be much like this. There's going to be panel networking, Q&A and possibly a free lunch. I don't know. Did we figure that out yet? I don't know. <laughs> we got a couple weeks. Let's, pretend you didn't hear about the free lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but no, seriously, yeah, the idea is that we want people to come up and uh, whether they want to ask questions in, you know, while the panel's happening in front of everyone or, or come before or come afterwards and approach one of us and, like, we, I want to see more people doing this. I love listening to podcasts um, and my list of podcasts I've subscribed to continues to grow and a lot more local shows have been kind of added over the years, right? So yeah. I'm always happy to hear what people are doing because it's, it's, it's fun, it's easy. There really isn't that much of a barrier to to entry. You need to get a recording device, whether it, it could even be your phone, like you said, camera, right? and 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 you go and you got a podcast. So. so the the podcast festival is, I think, the really important part is bringing in. I don't want to use uh, like a, a corny term or anything like that, but bringing in the next generation because, uh, actually, in on Monday, my podcast, the Eversick podcast that I do, is ending. I, I've recorded my last episode. I've said my goodbyes and thanked the sponsors and everything, but it's over, um, and. That being because, not because like I, I think I'm too good or anything, but I don't want to spread myself too thin because I've, I'm lucky enough to have made this my career in a sense that I don't want to spread myself too thin and cheat the listener and miss an episode because mine has come out every Monday minus like a few like assigned breaks for the, since 2015 in October. And I don't want to start missing episodes and then start putting out one a month and then have it be 20 minutes and have it suck. I don't want that. I want to cheat my listeners. So I'm leaving before it starts to fall off. And even maybe not anybody that listens to my show. I'm not. I don't know if anybody listens here, but the I feel like it's already started to kind of fade away just a little bit. And I don't want that. And I don't want people to think, "Oh, it was good," and then that happened. <laughs> so I really I think the podcast festival is very important to have somebody else come and let's say. Let's say you wanted to start a show and you wanted to start about X, Y, and Z. Now I have something to listen to. Now that I'm kind of out of the game, per se, 
the next person can come and take over, um, not necessarily my spot or anything, but just like have another resource in the community. And I think that's what's lacking because for the hundredth time, Roger in the back there is uh, in charge of the Indigenous Filmmaker Collective, which is essentially this, but f with filmmakers. So they get together once a month, uh, sometimes twice a month, and they have a potluck, or else they'll sit around and they'll talk, they'll dip into each other's resources, like they'll have actors, filmmakers, uh, producers, costume designers, and they'll all get together and then pick each other. It's like, hey, I got a shoot coming up two weeks from now, are you free? And that's how it happens. And podcasting is very much the same way. You know, it's a, it's a network of people that needs to, to grow in this city, and I think that would be very important. And I think um, as someone who hosts a music show, this is my frame of reference, but I feel like podcasting in Winnipeg, the way I'm seeing things like this come together and things like the festival and all the you know networking and, and, and friends and colleagues everyone's making, it reminds me of the, the DIY punk scene. Because it's all, most, almost everything is DIY. People are doing it in basements. They're recording on whatever they have. And there's like a sense of community that I got growing up being into punk rock that I'm also getting now, you know, in my late 30s from podcasts. Mm -hmm. So it's cool. It's, it's a cool parallel. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. I, I was going to say, I, I got my start and interest in radio um, and audio in general through uh, community radio. So I think it's a resource that a lot of people overlook. For sure. Yeah. Um, I s had a radio show in Victoria for three years, a music show, and that's how I got into it. And then it expanded into uh, news, and then from there I became more interested in storytelling. So I think even if, if somebody is curious in podcasting but they don't have an idea for a show, because it is kind of daunting, because I think the, the more successful shows are, have quite the focus. So if you don't know what you want to do, but you're curious to learn the skills, or you're curious to even get your hands on audio and, and playing with it, then go to your local community radio station and start there. It's, it's as simple as that. And they provide all the training that's very, very much applicable to producing a podcast. That's a very timely yeah. thing to bring up, because actually at the podcast festival, one of the panels we're doing is... Uh, podcasting versus radio. So we're having professionals from local radio stations and uh, and local podcasts and kind of talking about the, the, the points, finer points of each and what might be beneficial to one person in a podcast form might actually be better for someone else doing it in more of a structured radio form. So I think there's, uh, yeah, it's very connected, especially the DIY element of it. And there's a lot. For sure, yeah. There's also an, uh, another, you can do actually, you can actually do video on, on podcasts as well. So there's like it, it, Podcasting is not just audio. It is it is visual as well. So if you are, let's say, an artist uh, who may have I don't know music or art or whatever it may be, you can still showcase it on on your podcast through the the video aspect. So there's so many different ways to uh, to just share your work and to and to do this. It's not just it's not just audio. It's not just. Uh, um, getting a recorder, you can even just do it off your off your phone. It, there's so many cool and interesting ways to podcast. For sure, and video podcasting, I think, is uh, it's a, almost a whole different yeah. genre. I mean, we can't. It, it's not enough time to talk about it here, but it's its own. It's its own thing, and yeah, the, like you said, the convenience of it, and you have probably a recording device in your pocket right now that you could just turn on and, and talk and post it for free online and. and say what you want to say and maybe you'll get listeners and maybe you have to tweak it a bit but yeah yeah i think that with the uh size of the room here hopefully people have questions um so yeah let's uh should we i'll, I'll pass this mic around okay so here we go thank you 
Um, what I was hoping you might uh, address tonight is like I have a blog, you know, and it's an it's a very active blog, and I wanted to add a podcast as a component to the blog, and I wasn't quite sure how to go about doing that. Is it just a matter of recording something, putting it on YouTube, and linking to uh, having that link to your blog, or can someone help us with that? Okay, <clears throat> so you have a blog, which means you have a website, yeah. right? So if you um, do, you, what type of Website. Okay, we'll, we'll get into the technicals later. Okay, yeah. So you have a website, right? And then um, you want to put, you want to load the audio, just film the audio, film, record the audio <laughs> in any type of way, put the audio onto the website, and it be, becomes an RSS feed. You take that feed, and you can put it onto Google Play, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah. So on all these platforms, you can put it on, and um, it's it's pretty. It, it is pretty simple, but if you do want to know, I mean, we can we can connect and we can I can help you out with that. But once you do one, easy, yeah. And yeah. the best part about the feed there, like he's talking about, is that people can subscribe to your show. So whether people don't have to go to your blog every week to find the new episode, it'll just automatically download to their phone or whatever they're listening on. So you kind of have a built-in audience um, as soon as people start subscribing. So, does anyone else have questions? Let's see if this reaches. Thank you. Uh, this is for the CBC gal. When I heard that uh, uh, CBC Radio is going to start doing podcasts, I'm going, well, they're into radio. Yeah. They're not into podcasts. Like, yeah. doesn't that break apart the audience, fraction it, and, like, what do, you, what do they really gain? Is it, like, are they really gaining something, or are they losing something? Um, well, I think it, like I said, a lot of the podcasts are eventually played on radio at some point. Um, but we're trying to diversify as much as possible to reach an audience that we, we realize that there's a demographic that we haven't hit, and it's a younger demographic, and they're getting their content online. They're not tuning on, turning on the radio. They're not watching TV anymore. So it's, it's just a way of, of reaching a different audience. Um, but at the same time, it has a different sound, a podcast, than a radio show. Um, it allows us to be a bit more creative because it doesn't really fall under journalistic rules a lot of the time, so you're able to kind of break away the, from the standard news telling. So it is, it, it, like I understand what you're saying, it, it, it possibly is excluding an audience, but hopefully by showing them how to get into podcasting, which we, we, will have, we have videos online available to explain how to find a podcast, then hopefully we'll invite more people into to that realm as well. Yeah. Any other questions? Uh, so I know CBC is more of an established brand, and I know, Cameron, you were talking about using Google AdWords, but uh, for everyone else, how do you go about marketing your shows? Social media, <laughs> mostly. Mostly social media. Um, it's one of the the best tools so far that I've that I've used. I eventually, probably next season, want to look at getting some uh, some sponsors on on the show. But yeah, I think it's just it's it's growing first, right? It's like getting people to to listen, uh, to to grow your audience, and yeah. In my case, um, I talked about my lack of professionalism and structure. I didn't market it at all. It was just word of mouth. And like, I'm not saying that I, I didn't care, but I really didn't care if people listened. <laughs> I didn't. I just wanted a place where me and my cousins and my friends and, and a case like 
I had a chance with Reggie Leach, you know, just to talk to them and just to pick their brain. That's really all I wanted. And then eventually, I actually did Adeline's podcast. Uh, I think I've told her this before, but she asked me, she's like, well, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, sorry, I'll swear this, because I'll, I'll quote myself. Like, Fucking nothing, man. Like, I ain't doing nothing. And then eventually, she's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you putting out all this content for free and not expecting anything back? And then eventually something clicked, and then everything just started moving very, very fast. And that was, like, within the last year. So... I uh, just want to kind of echo what Adeline said about social media. Um, I interview musicians, like I said, and a lot of the time I'll have maybe three or four members of a band on. So I just kind of ask them at the end of the show, can you share this on whatever you know platforms you use? And so in that case, I get the band's official page sharing it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then each individual member will do that as well. And it, it just kind of, it, it's word of mouth, but it, you get an extra boost because all these people, or, or even if it's just one person, are sharing it with their audience as well. I think with me, from the marketing stance, is um, I have I'm very niche, you know, like marginalized queer communities, and I started to talk to people and f find where your people and your tribe actually collect and move and move, and then go talk to them. So I talked to different pride organizations in Canada, and uh, I talked to and yeah, basically that. I talked to Pride, pride Canada, and I talked to QPOC in Winnipeg, and just let them know, hey, I exist. Tell your people about me, this and that, and and social media helps a lot too. Yeah, speaking engagements as many as possible. Um, uh, the community radio came up a couple of times. I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about what you meant by getting started with community radio. Honestly, it's just going through the front door and saying I want to get involved. Um, I I've I worked at well volunteered at two different community radio stations, one in Victoria, one in Montreal. And it's just a matter of, of going in saying I want to get involved and they usually start you out with doing things like I had to sort CDs for the first month that I was at the one in Victoria. And then eventually you can get into training and they will show you how to put together a show. They'll show you how to work the board. And then from there you can uh, learn other things like how to cut tape um, before you air it. And, and it's not actually cutting tape. Yeah. It used to be, not anymore. Not, not anymore, anymore, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of, of, of emailing. There's usually, if you go to any university, it's usually university. So yeah. if you go to a university's website, you can find what their community radio station is. Sorry, I do not know the ones here. No, I was just going to actually, <laughs> <from Winnipeg. laughs> um, one of the Winnipeg stations here actually airs my show. I, I didn't approach them. I, I was always a listener. But they asked me, the, the station manager, if um, he could start airing my show at some ridiculous, you know, late night hour. <laughs> and, and so I was really happy to do that because it's, it's kind of a great way to get people listening. And the fact that you're actually on the FM dial kind of lends some credibility to what you're doing. If someone's never heard of a podcast before and you say, oh, well, it airs at 3 in the morning <laughs> on this, this channel, right? Then, then at least it's, they can kind of connect. But the um, stations here in Winnipeg, I, I've, I've, I mean, my show gets aired on one of them, and I've interacted with people from the other, and they're so helpful. Like, they are really, really encouraging for local people from any background, whatever kind of music or content they want to share. Uh, they want you to do it, right? So they're, uh, UMFM and, and CKUW are the two here, and they're both uh, 101.5 and 95.9 FM, and the volunteers there are, are awesome. The, the permanent employees there are fantastic. Like, everyone just really wants to see, hear more voices in the community. So I, I would really encourage you, if you want to do a show, to check them out. Also, uh, CJNU, they are the Winnipeg Gold Eyes at 93.7. They are very involved in, uh, I know for a fact, I'm not sure about Red River's Crecom or anything like that, but they are involved with places like Herzing College and uh, high school radio students. They'll just like, hey, if you, if you want, come down on a Sunday for an hour. You can 
board up, which means just turn the mic on and off, turn the volume up and down, things like that. They're they're very helpful. Uh, I just wanted to ask the panel, like, what is the most challenging thing about starting a, a, a podcast? And the second part is that do you have to edit your, like, one person can just pick your phone up and start doing podcasts, or you have to know how to edit some kind of technical knowledge? Um, as far as the editing thing, I do very minimal editing. I, I record an intro to say what the episode's about. I record the episode, and then I record an outro saying thanks for listening, whatever, whatever, and you can find this person on social media. That's very minimal editing, but there are people who will literally just turn the mic on, record an hour, and then just put it out, nothing, just raw. But to, to start a podcast, my biggest advice is to actually start it. Because mm -hmm. people are in that mindset where like, oh, I don't know, should I do it? What will I talk about? Just start it. Just start talking. My first episode was six minutes long, and I had talked about how I wanted um, Click. You know, guys know what Click is? That's spam. I wanted Click to sponsor my podcast. I talked for six minutes about that. Is that still available online? Uh, it's somewhere. Mine, so. My first one was three hours long, and it was terrible, unlistenable. But, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it was long. It was long. We didn't realize at the time. I was doing it with a couple of friends. It was the first attempt at podcasting, and we didn't realize until afterwards how unnecessarily long it had been. But, yeah, like, I agree with that for sure. Just You should just, just start it. I mean, don't, if you're not sure how to edit, don't edit. Just record it, post it, and get advice from people. You know, find someone you know and let them listen. See what they have to say. They might, they might love it as it is, and then you might learn editing kind of as you go. And there's a lot of free pro programs available yeah. online for editing as well, and a lot of them are kind of intuitive, I would say. Not totally, but a little bit intuitive. Uh, just a matter of Googling how to do certain things. That's how I learned. <laughs> we'll just have time for one more question. One thing I wanted to mention that I, when I tried to start a podcast uh, about a year ago, I discovered that, and I thought this would work, you can apparently do it on Wi-Fi. I guess it's not fast enough, even though it was just audio was broadcasting. So the lady in London, England, where my podcast came from, called Central Peg Life, said you must have a high-speed connection at home because I thought you, wherever the internet was, you could go to a baseball park or the bomber stadium and do a podcasting on the fly or on the street somewhere. But I discovered that, and she mentioned to me that you seem to have to have, to have a high-speed connection, even if it's audio. I was surprised that audio is not video, right? It's just audio. So I was kind of surprised at that, that you needed a, you know, a home connection with high speed to do a proper podcast, if you're doing it live. Yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with live podcasting. Um, I don't use an internet connection to record anything. I like, I'll just record on a recorder or a phone or whatever I have, but like in terms of Uploading, if that's what you're asking about, or if maybe doing it live, like a Skype call or something, maybe. Uh, I, it sounds like yeah. he was talking about live streaming it, right? Are you talking about yeah. just uh, recording it and putting it out there as you? Okay. I'm sure there's somebody who can like help you technically with that. Yeah, I think yeah. in everyone, most people's cases here, we we re record our shows beforehand and then release them afterwards like I you know I, I do mine sometimes three or four weeks in advance or, or more and so it's kind of in the bag I have time to edit it and do what I need to do with it and then I release it if it's a band with a CD release coming out I, I release that pre-recorded episode 
in time for that. So I think if you're having troubles with live streaming, that might be a solution to just pre-record it and then release it, you know, from home or somewhere you're at, you do have a fast connection. Is that cool? All right. Well, th thanks for the, the panel for coming. This was really interesting. I mean, even though I, I know I know who some of you are and I've heard your shows, it's still interesting to kind of get get more information. And it's awesome that so many people came too. Yeah, this is super guys. cool. Thanks a lot.